0: Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. A few days ago, I stumbled upon a video about a project called Through Our Eyes, where cameras were handed out to people living on the streets of a small town in South Carolina. And I wanted to know more, so I reached out to Jason Williamson, who kindly agreed to come on the show, and tell us more about his initiative. Thank you, Jason, for taking the time to join me today.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much for the interest in the project.
0: Yes, I uh, I love this kind of initiative, and I um, and I see more and more, you know, pop on my stream and uh, like yours or others that um, really touch me and. Um, so before we start talking about the project itself, please tell us a little bit about yourself
1: and your photography. Sure. I started doing photography when I was, uh, I guess, about 16, and uh, I, I fell in love with it. I loved creating uh, I'm not the kind of person who would sit around and draw and doodle or paint, even though I wish I had those abilities. But same here. <laughs> my, my expression came from photography. Um, I, I still have the very first picture I made with um, uh, a pinhole camera. I've got the first picture I developed in a black in a dark room, and uh, I, I just love it. It's always been a way for me to capture the world around me and allow other people to see it in a different way. Um, I, I went to school for photography, though that was never my career. I, I spent about 10 years in digital advertising sales. Um, I, I was promoted to a corporate level, um, overseeing uh, about 35 newspapers and their digital advertising initiatives. But over time, it became more and more clear that that was not going to be my career that I would retire with. And uh, I I started going on international mission trips in 2008. And uh, I loved combining the purpose for a mission trip along with photography and being able to tell stories from the mission field back uh, at, our, at our home church with my friends, with my family who might not have that same experience. And I, I love taking street photos. It awesome. didn't always used to be that way, but that that's kind of how it evolved for me. And uh, then that slowly evolved into this project.
0: Great. So what countries have you visited during those missions?
1: Oh, man. Uh, this year, this year I, I've been in um, uh, Indonesia and China and Nicaragua and I don't know, it's it's uh, Uganda a couple months ago, I'll be in Prague and, and Spain soon. they have been all over uh, the last year or so in, in um, several different countries where we do a variety of different activities. And, um, you know, it, it's been a privilege to be able to go to these places and be able to capture things with the camera that uh, I never would have expected to have seen before.
0: For sure. So they must be rather short trips then.
1: Some of them vary from seven to 21 days. Um, And most of them are going to be somewhere around two weeks uh, where where we can spend a bunch of time traveling and and sitting on planes is what I do best right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then we we do work uh, a variety of outreach projects. Um, We work with uh, folks that have left our church to become full-time missionaries, and uh, not everybody here gets to see what they do. And so through photography and videography, we're able to tell that story in a much different way. Awesome. We use photography as an outreach tool in a lot of these places to reach communities and to connect churches with people that live around them.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Well, maybe I'll have to have you on another show to talk more about that. But today, <laughs> the project that I want to, to discuss is um, Through Our Eyes. So tell us how this whole idea started. And, and well, first of all, sum it up in a few words, and then we'll go more in depth.
1: We gave 100 100- disposable Fujifilm cameras to homeless people living in our town. Um, Spartanburg County has a couple hundred thousand people. Our city has 60,000 or so people in it. And not a lot of people know much about our homeless problem. Uh, People question whether or not we even had 100 people to give cameras to. But in reality, there's probably around 600 people that are living on the streets right now in our city, and we wanted to give them an opportunity to not only gather together so that we could share a message of hope with them, but we also wanted them to feel the joy and the satisfaction that you and I understand when we create something that other people can look at and appreciate. And we wanted to allow the photographers as a part of the project to be a part of the solution of homelessness and not just a problem that other people are trying to solve, so we gave them a voice uh, when they normally wouldn 't have one
0: Wow, so um, when did you when did the project started you know forming in your head and and how what were their steps
1: about a year ago, I saw the program the, the project that a group called Cafe Art did in London and, and they handed out cameras to homeless people mm-hmm. in, in downtown London and they they took the art and they hung it in coffee shops and they made calendars out of it. And I, I saw that in it immediately struck something in me and awakened something uh just kind of a bigger purpose on how I can connect my past and my passions with my role as a pastor. And uh, I very quickly started to realize what the potential for this project could be, not only in our city, but cities in the United States and cities around the world that we work in and how it could benefit uh, our work. And so I I wanted to explore that more. I ran it by a few people. We felt like it was a pretty good idea. And I, I started reaching out to some community members at rescue shelters and at our local cultural center and uh, i kind of didn't expect to get a call back about getting some gallery space but i received an incredibly overwhelmingly optimistic and positive voicemail back from the president of our local cultural center and she thought the idea would be perfect for their gallery and they gave us all the space that we wanted And so that ultimately, looking at calendars, led us up to this May where we started the project, uh, and and we started handing them out about about mid-May. Okay, wow. So how did you get the 100 cameras? Well, we, we purchased them through okay. my operation budget at the church. Okay. Uh, we were able to provide the, the funds for that. And, um, we, we've been trying to work with some people on donations. Um, but we, we wanted this to be a project that was very collaborative, that people came alongside of us, um, from inside our church, from other churches, from the community people from the arts community, um, people that don't necessarily share the same beliefs as me. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to do this together as a community, simply to love the people in our town and to bring more awareness on a bigger problem that largely we were unaware of. And as we'll get to in a few minutes, we saw some stuff that we didn't really expect to see. And our perceptions were definitely changed. And and including mine, um, being the insider on this, and and the one that was putting it all together, I I guess I had some expectations that were many cases were really wrong and were shattered. And I, I learned a lot about the people in our community through it. But the, the cameras were purchased uh, we we found a wholesaler online and we weren't really sure uh, that we were gonna be able to find a hundred of the disposable cameras uh, I, I I hope that they'll continue to be produced for a while longer because we've got some plans to keep this project going
0: so there are little film cameras the one that they hand out uh, used to hand out at weddings and things like that right
1: yeah if you're going to the grand Canyon you're gonna grab one of these and it's the 27 exposure you, you wind it and you click yep. it and it's got a a flash on there as well. So okay. we gathered all the, the photographers together and we did a, a brief training session on some photography 101 composition mm-hmm. tips. And we, we trained them on how to use the cameras. And we didn't want to take for granted that anyone had ever used one. So we made sure that they knew how and um, gave them a very few marching orders. And-
0: so how did those 100 candidates come to you? How how did you, did you make, do through a shelter, did you make a, an announcement or did the work kind of spread out and they all had to meet if they were interested? How did that work?
1: A little bit of both. Uh, we did go to some of our shelters. We have great relationships with them. And one of the shelters has uh, dozens and dozens of people living there. Uh, many of them were unavailable during the day because they had jobs and that's a great thing. Uh, so we went to our public library where there's other homeless people that, uh, where they go during the day for um, heat in the winter and cool air in the in the summer. Um, we went to a soup kitchen where hundreds of people gather every day for lunch. And we wanted to have an opportunity for a diverse group of people to be a part of it. Uh, we didn't ask every single person, are you homeless today, uh, by the nature of where we met mm-hmm. them we know that they were either currently homeless or had recently been struggling with homelessness. And so um, people were very, very interested. We started a grassroots effort just through word of mouth and some flyers about a week before we passed out the cameras. But when when we started passing them out, the anticipation really grew and people were flattered, I guess, that we were going to give them a voice and a platform. But they were um, they weren't very hesitant at all to get a camera and immediately start taking it out of the package and and shooting with it.
0: So did you have more than 100 people
1: interested? No, we had we basically had right at 100. We did get a couple of cameras back that people brought back to us and said, you know, we uh, we weren't able to shoot. It was the first three days after we handed them out. Of course, it rained. And in some cases that actually, I think helped the pictures in some cases it limited people from going outside. Um, but we did get a couple back that said, you know, I just didn't get a chance to do it. I I got a job this week and, but we, we had 46 cameras get returned. Um, our youngest photographer was seven and our, our oldest photographer was 75. And we had some people took three or four pictures, and many people took the entire roll of film.
0: Yeah, and actually, I'm surprised that they didn't get done like within an hour, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> 27 frames. Uh, they could just go out and just shoot them all really quickly. So you must have told them to just pace. How, how much time did they have?
1: We gave the cameras out on a Monday, and we asked them to bring them back to us on Fridays. They okay. had five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked them to just photograph their life where they went, what they did, who they were with, where they slept, what they ate. You know, we just wanted to see what it was like in their shoes through their eyes. And they loved that idea that we were, it took a little convincing on some people. They, they were wondering why we were interested in their life. And um, so we, we explained that, uh, you know, we, we care about you we want, to, we want to see what it's like on the streets so that our community can rally around and help you in new and better ways. And uh, we want to hear from you what it's like every single day with your struggles, as you overcome things, as you run into more adversity. We just want to see what it's like so that we know how to respond better. And uh, man, that, that happened in great ways.
0: Oh, so tell me some examples. What what surprised you the most?
1: Well, we took uh, a panel of of five judges. We took 700 plus images and we narrowed it down to 20. Mm -hmm. Um, There were 10 of them right off the bat. The first time we saw them, we just knew that they were finalists. The next 10 came from a set of about 40 or 50 that were really, really good. And we ended up using all all of those um, key ones in some of our promotion and our marketing prior to the project. Uh, For 30 days in June, we we sent a, a, a new image over social media leading up to the top 20 in our gallery show. Okay. In the top 20, the thing that we saw that overwhelmed us was optimism. We kind of expected to see a lot of, um, you know, here's where I stay in the woods or I slept under this bridge or here's the soup kitchen where I get some food. We, we expected some of that. I don't think that we expected the magnitude or, or the depth of some of the depravity Uh, But what we were not expecting was the optimism. You know, there's a a dreary day, but there's a man holding this bright umbrella and he's got this smile on his face. And there's someone took the time to photograph their teddy bear that they pray with every night. And the interesting thing about that bear is that we almost killed the bear so many times when we were judging. We almost eliminated that picture round after round. We just kept talking about it and we're like, but it's just a simple, silly little bear. But the five of us kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. We kept talking about how it was delic- delicately put together. It was a still life that was set up on somebody's bed. They put a towel over the footrail of the bed. Um, they, they put the bear in the middle and they just took time. Yeah. And we didn't know if it was an adult or a child we didn't know what the purpose was, but it obviously had a lot of sentimental value. And that's what fascinated us about that picture. Uh, there's pictures of a dad and his daughter of peace and love. And so just seeing the optimism, uh, it really made us feel a lot warmer about the people that they're not comfortable where they are on the street. They, they wanted to get uh, on the right track.
0: Wow. That's, uh, that's very moving. Um, I, um, and we'll post some of the images, of course, on the, on the blog because uh, I looked at them and uh, there, well, there is definitely some, there's talent. Um, there are some good storytellers for sure. So you, has, did anybody um, that you know of, did they, some of them had experience with photography in the past?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There's one guy in particular, and he took a picture of a man with his arm in a sling laying under a tree. And uh, on our website, there's a description of why they took this picture that everybody gave. One woman, very, very simply, there's a snow cone business. And she said, I go get ices when it's hot. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing profound about that. That's just why she goes there some people had really profound, deep meanings on why they took that picture. But this this photographer, his name is Room Chan, and he took this picture because of the photographic value of it. He said, I saw that the way the, the lighting was coming in, the man was laying down in a good posture. And so he had some really interesting photos that were on his roll. Uh, and so that one was specifically taken for its Photographic elements, and I thought that was very interesting. That was the only one that was explicitly taken um, because of what he saw first. Some of the other photographers, they they got some happy accidents. Mm -hmm. They were there at the right moment. Um, Others planned the still lifes, like we talked about. Um, Some, you know, there's definitely some talent. There's one man. And, uh, his name's Ray and Ray had three photographs in our top 20. Everything was anonymous. We didn't know who belonged to which photo until the very end. And Ray probably had hands down the best roll of film of anybody. He could have had another three or four in the top 20. Um, his, his other ones were definitely in that top 50 that I mentioned. Um, but his, his were very striking and very creative as well and so um there was definitely talent that was there and i think that people just liked being able to play around and have something to do and and many of them did think a lot about it
0: that that's awesome now um so after so the the images were jurid jurid and then um what was the next step then
1: the next step was that we had two different displays at the gallery. Um, in, in the main room, we had uh, 11 by 14 prints in 16 by 20 frames of every single one of the top 20. And uh, associated with each picture was the photographer's portrait. And the, the quote that they they told us about why they took it, they titled the pictures themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, below each picture was a lockbox. And it, within the lockbox were instructions that people could vote for their favorite pictures with spare change. So the entire month of July, people came to see the exhibit. Thousands of people came and they dropped pennies and quarters and dollar bills and um, some bigger denominations, which frankly surprised us. Um, They, they were very generous with how they voted for uh, their pictures. Many of them came back several times and there were families involved with uh, looking at them. Parents were explaining to their children what was going on, but the cool thing about the project, and, and this was where the value of the partnership with the gallery really came into play They had this long corridor and my vision for this project was for us to show every single picture. So we saved all of the camera bodies and we glued those onto the wall and next to each camera body in linear order was every single photograph that was taken from that camera. So you could walk down the hallway and literally see step-by-step where every photographer went. And so it it immersed people in that hallway and people would stand in there for hours looking and scrutinizing over each picture and recognizing landmarks or not knowing where something shocking was. One of our finalists is a mattress in the middle of the woods that people sleep on when um, they're on that side of town. And I to this day, I have no idea where it is. And I frankly, I don't think I want to know where it Mm -hmm. is. Um, but when people would see things like that, they would they would just stop, and, and they would often have tears in their eyes, and they would start to consider the ways that they have been blessed, because that's not a decision that they need to make. Whether or not I need to sleep on that mattress in the woods, or if if I'm going to be on someone's couch, or if I'm going to be in my comfortable bed at a home that I own.
0: Wow, wow, that that and so. So nice that you were able to have such a large space to display all that because that takes a lot of space and that, that so many people could come through because the project wouldn't have worked as well without that.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been effective if it were just the top 20, but displaying everything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you have these waves crashing around you of all of these images and... Um, It was successful in a sense that we used all of the voting money. It it accomplished two things. It helped us determine who had the top three photographs Mm -hmm. and, um, but all of the funds from our voting. And then we sold all of the framed art on our last night at an auction. And all of those proceeds went to five ministries that serve the homeless. Three of them were shelters Uh, One of them is a soup kitchen, and one of them is uh, a program for people who are uh, being uh, going through a discipleship program and also an overcomers kind of program that people that have struggled with um, addiction, drugs, and alcohol and, and other hurts, and uh, so they received all the profits that were made from it. Um, and we, but the voting it was still successful because the community's involvement and uh, but the generosity of the gallery, you know, that really made a difference. Having 700 pictures there
0: for sure, and and having the right space for it, the right light, and that that really makes a big difference um so you you said hundreds of people came through how Mm -hmm. how long were they on display
1: they were on display the the entire month of july okay and we had a an opening reception we had a closing auction and uh so it was a a great time i going back and forth in there cleaning out change boxes being in there with friends and family i was in the gallery a lot and um it, it was great because i Nobody knew who I was, so I could just sit in there and kind of watch yes. and um, the reactions from people. You know, there's lots of audible gasps and um, a lot of respect. For the quality of the images, uh, we did very little to edit them. We, we knew that there was going to be some images that we saw that we wanted to be in black and white, or um, the image that actually was our our winner um, was taken with the flash on, so we needed to um,
0: uh, adjust bring that. Bring down, yeah.
1: yeah, we needed to bring down the, the light on some things, but it, we did very very little editing on all of it. We wanted it to be very natural, and you know they're pretty crude cameras. There, there's not a lot of um, uh, innate beauty that, and sharpness that comes with it. So it was the right camera for this project because it represented what it was like on the street. You know, yeah. it's rough and it's not really crisp.
0: That's right. And it, it, it's raw, really. And, um, and they, they, those cameras, I mean, they're little point and shoots, really. So <laughs> uh, it, it really, I think that was the most fitting Um, Now, how many of the photographers made it to the exhibit, do you think?
1: We had, of the top 20, there were 12 photographers represented from those 20. There were uh, seven men and five women. Mm -hmm. And I would say that most of them probably came to the exhibit at some point. Um, I was able to be there when several of them came through, and that was really special Mm -hmm. to see their excitement. one of our photographers, he was there the minute the doors opened and he was just so excited. Um, there's some others that um, have not come to see it. Um, some of them have gotten a little bit of trouble and they're not able to get out and, and see the pictures. Um, others have uh, driven in from out of town because they, um, they actually moved out and they got a place of their own. And so they made some effort to come in town. Many brought their relatives. Um, One photographer that was uh, part of the group of 700 brought her daughter and her parents to come and see the exhibit. And uh, they brought friends. Uh, A lot of the women from the shelter, uh, they all came together and supported each other because two of them were in the finals. And that was exciting for the whole group.
0: I I can just imagine lots of laughs and lots of tears.
1: Yeah. I think there was just a moment of pride knowing mm-hmm. that they did something that other people were looking at. And yes. I shared with, uh, our, we gave out the prizes to our, our winner uh, a couple days ago. And as I was talking to her, I, I reminded her that these pictures have been seen in New Zealand and Europe and South America. Mm-hmm. And it's been their, their quotes have been translated into Arabic and Slavic and Spanish, and people all over the world have seen their pictures and heard their voices. And places all over the United States want to do this project. And we get emailed all the time trying to find out how, how they can do it and how they can be a part of it. And so she, the, the winner, Annette, she looked at me and, and she said, So we did, we did good. <laughs> and I think that was definitely an That's understatement. Awesome. I mean, they, they, these guys did great. They they should definitely be proud of the work that they did.
0: That that's awesome. So, um, how so the, the the prints were sold? Um, what was the highest price? The
1: highest price was about one hundred and sixty dollars, okay. and that was that was for the grand prize one. Um, and and that one was called "The Love Is Good" by Annette Barnett, and it's a still life that she took after a Bible study at the rescue shelter, and she's got a bunch of other women that. Uh, have, have made a circle with uh, their hands, making peace signs, and one person in the yes. middle has their hands forming a heart, heart for love. Yes,
0: I saw that. And
1: um, you know, great, great idea. Um, they took the time to do this, and she she said, "We don't see color or skin tone." Um, she said, "The love here is good." And um, so that one went for the most and it also had the most change and, and bills that were put into the voting box throughout the month. Yeah. And I think people just connected with that because it was warm and very optimistic and they just love the sentiment of it.
0: That that's terrific. I it really it makes me I, I hope that through this conversation and you explain the process um, in such detail that others will want to start um doing things like that in their communities. Um, There's so much that can be done that are pretty simple, but I can also imagine that um like cameras could be donated by camera manufacturers and so forth too yes we've tried okay (laughs) well that's what (laughs) i'm hoping that we can get the word out more and so that they make it a little easier because uh you should have to spend money to start with to start Mm -hmm. a project like that i think it should be all by donation so so you did try and that was not successful
1: not, not yet. We bought the initial ones and uh, we're actually going to be taking this project next to Greenville, South Carolina, which is uh, a, a much bigger city than Spartanburg, but it's about 25 minutes away. And uh, I, I've contacted some manufacturers and, and haven't heard anything back, but I, I did go and buy another box that I've got 100 cameras sitting next to me ready to go now. And, um, you know, our, the other things that we purchased, um, we'll be able to reuse uh, the lock boxes we'll use again for voting mm-hmm. because it was very interactive, and um, it, it let people think about what was important to them. Do I vote on this picture because it's uh, photographically attractive? Um, because I believe in the message that the person is saying, or because I'm shocked? Mm-hmm. and And so there, it's interesting how much this project, has made people think. And you know, one of the other things it was a small expense but it was definitely worth it. We gave every photographer um some stuff. When when they received their camera, we gave them a t-shirt with the Through Our Eyes project logo on the front, but on the back in huge bold letters it says photographer. And we wanted them if it was only for that week we wanted them to have a different title other than just homeless yes we've been very intentional from the very beginning they they're not our homeless people they're not subjects they're not projects that they, they are photographers mm-hmm. they they now have a camera they have a voice they have a vision so we wanted them to be known as photographers so they each got one of those shirts which was great and then when we gave them a couple of incentives on on bringing them back this whole project was a bunch of uncertainty I'm a planner. I I like to know when things are going to happen and what it's going to be like. But, you know, we didn't know what the response was going to be like with people getting a camera. We didn't know how many people would want to take pictures. We didn't know how many people would want to bring them back. And we didn't know if they would be any good. And then we didn't know what the community would think. Mm -hmm but we gave the photographers a few incentives to bring them back. The first is that they would be entering a contest where there's going to be prizes. Um, we did not award any cash because we didn't want people to spend that on something that might set them back as they are battling with an addiction, but True. we're giving them some prizes that have a dollar equivalency. Um, we gave them a care package. as was a drawstring backpack that had some hygiene products in it and um, uh, some snacks We provided a meal for them the day that they brought it back. And we had an opportunity to um, teach them a a message from the Bible and give them a message of hope. And um, that really impacted our photographers a lot. One of the things that we shared was that sometimes when it's dark out, uh, photographers have to open up their apertures. We have to set our cameras for a longer exposure. And it just takes longer to see the light. And the light is a very powerful word in scripture. And Jesus says that he is a light and that we are also to share our light. And so we wanted them to know that even though they were in a dismal place right now, that sometimes it just takes longer to see the light and that there's hope for them, that even though they're homeless, they don't have to be hopeless. And that had a huge impact with a lot of people uh some of some of our photographers made really important spiritual decisions in their life because they were able to connect spiritually with photography which is kind of a form of worship i i feel like for me appreciating the things that god has created what better way for me to do that than by taking a picture of it Mm -hmm. we remember things that are important to us like our weddings and when my children are born i've got pictures of when my wife held each of my children for the very first time. And we remember those things, a beautiful sunset or a vacation picture, you know, the things that are most important to us, we capture and we remember. And when I look at my pictures, uh, I can look at the people and the places that God has put in front of me and the photographers connected with that. We had one woman make a decision to, uh, she'd made a very important decision to be baptized and uh, to become a Christian. And um, we wanted to celebrate that with her as well. And many of the other women from her shelter came to her baptism, which was special. And the idea that we could have used photography to, to pray for other people was really cool and very worthwhile
0: absolutely what a what a wonderful wonderful project and i i I hope this uh, really inspires others um, We had another show another guest on the show um and you may be aware of it because since then it's become uh it's gone viral do something for nothing and this young man um in um, England has tra- is traveling and cutting hair of homeless people in large cities, um, and making them feel good again and talking with them. And, uh, I was involved in the project indirectly because I could not photograph him when he was in, in, in Paris, but uh, a friend did. And we did a whole show about that. And, and, and through the, the podcast, others have started doing things for nothing. And, and There is no better way to feel better about yourself than doing something for somebody else, really. It makes their day and it makes your day as well. Even if you're feeling down, I think it's the best way to cheer you up is to do something for someone else.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the the things that we've been able to observe from other people, uh, some families have put together care bags uh, just like the hygiene bags that we put mm-hmm. together in the backpacks they they put together gallon ziplocs filled with soap and deodorant and care products and they stick it underneath their seat in their car, yes. and then they see a homeless person, they hand it to them. Um, mittens we a- and
0: things like that too. I see that in Minnesota. I mean, we're in a very cold, cold place for six months out of the year, and uh, uh, a lot of people have taken this initiative as well, like keeping some mittens and warm clothes in their car because Absolutely. a lot of homeless people are at the corner when you you know have the ramp when you exit a highway or something, mm-hmm. and it's easy to hand that to them. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. You
1: know, it, it changes our thinking. It's like, there, there's nothing wrong with donating things to a thrift store, but I would rather have that human interaction yes. by handing that to somebody. Mm-hmm. And and they they have value. They deserve to have that interaction with us. And we had a woman, she saw one of the articles about the project online. She lives up in Connecticut and she saw the picture of the dad and the daughter. And she emailed me and said, how do I help them. I want to help them. And I've gotten to know the man he's gotten a job. He works for a friend of mine now. And, um, I know that the way to help him is to help his daughter. And so, um, sitting on the table across from me right now is uh, a care package with a mini mouse backpack and some toys and a coloring book, um, for his two year old girl. And so he'll be delivering that soon. And we had a woman in Las Vegas, Email me um, oh, over a month ago, and she said, hey, I've got a 19-year-old grandson who's homeless in Spartanburg, and we haven't heard from him in months. Have you seen him? And I, I was so shocked by that, and, and I asked her how she found out about the project, and she just said she worries about him all the time, and every week she goes to Google and she searches for homeless in Spartanburg, And all of a sudden the project shows up and she didn't think that he'd be the kind of person that would be a part of the project. She was just hoping that he might be in the background on somebody's picture. Well, we couldn't find him anywhere. She sent me his photo, Um, but we've established some more connections in the community. And it turns out that the security guard at our library saw him and uh, I went and visited and I met him. And I walked outside and I called the grandmother and I said, I just met your grandson and, um, he's doing well. And we talked for a little bit and he's not ready to communicate with the family yet. Um, she asked how she could help our project. And I, you know, I said, I I don't want any money or anything else. Um, if you want to give something, send me some stuff for your grandson and I'll keep the conversation going.
0: Wow, so she, that's wonderful. She,
1: she sent a backpack with some gift certificates to some restaurants nearby us and some supplies. And, and uh, the backpack was specially ordered because it was his favorite color. And I brought that to him. And he was uh, not as standoffish the second time I met him and handed him the backpack. And I was running an errand for my wife downtown last week. And uh, I came across the same guy. And we talked for a little bit longer because the trust was there mm. and I knew his name and he knew who I was. And these little tiny connections go so far that, you know, people from across the, the States and across the world have wanted to reach out and do something for these people. And, you know, I, I want them to turn and look at their community and figure out how they can help the guy there as well.
0: That's wonderful. I mean, and, and true, even just reaching out and a smile could potentially turn someone's life around, give them that little bit of hope.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And many of our photographers from the project, they have uh, moved on to a home of their own. Our, our winner, Annette, her family just got her a camper and is putting it on their property. And her brother told me that she will never be homeless again. Wonderful. And um, some have gotten jobs Um, Some have kept jobs and um, done really well with them. Um, But it's not all like that. Mm -hmm. Many of our photographers uh, have been arrested. Um, Many of them are struggling with addiction and have regressed. Um, They've been uh, asked to leave a shelter. Um, So it's not all rosy. There's realness that comes along with this and seeing somebody's name um, on a website where inmates are locked up, it, it breaks my heart because I see potential in them. And I wrote a letter to one of the guys last week and, um, just told them that I believe in him. And, and I have no idea if he'll ever write me back or if the letter will get torn up, but I, I wanted him to know the impact that his photos have had in this project. Yeah.
0: Wow, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, where can people learn more about Through Our Eyes and possibly get involved?
1: Sure. The website is throughoureyesproject.com and on Facebook and Instagram, both of those are at Through Our Eyes Project, and uh, you'll follow along for some updates. Uh, We are going to be going into uh, two more cities in the very near future, and, and probably a third by the end of this year. And uh, you know we would love to have uh, support. We would love to have more people help get the word out. and uh, you know if there's people that want to do this project in their city, you know I, I'm happy to talk them through what we did, and uh, at some point we'll create a frequently asked question sheet. Um, so good idea so it's a little bit easier. <laughs> um, but you know it, it's something that people can definitely do, and uh, you know having Having this be an outreach project from our church has been incredibly impactful uh, for our community. And, and it's been something that has been a real blessing to the people that have been a part of it. Other photographers uh, from our church and other local churches, they, they have not been a part of something that utilizes that type of their gift in this way. Mm-hmm. And so they absolutely loved how they could use their passion and their skills to do something greater with it. And um, I'm really looking forward to what this project is gonna be in the future.
0: Yes, for sure. And uh, I'll follow up in a few months with you for sure.
1: That would be wonderful. Thank you so much, Valerie.
0: Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com street to subscribe to the show. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and to leave a rating and even better, leave a comment. And please share the link of this episode on social media and spread the love. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets.